song, okay? The love of God, of course, uh, penned at least in part by Frederick Lehman. And, uh, man, it's just one of my favorite songs there is. Could we think the ocean fill, and were the sky of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above, would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Beautiful words, but wow, what depth God's love is. Uh, and you think how much God loves us. The links that God went to to save you and me. Unbelievable. It's like David said, what is man that thou art mindful of him? If you're here this morning, you don't know for sure about eternity. God went to the greatest lengths to ensure your opportunity to be saved. Because God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So if you're here today and you're not sure about eternity, the reason you're here today is because God's grace continues to draw, continues to woo, if you will. And it's because of his love for our mankind. Stand with me, if you would. We'll look at these verses, Galatians chapter 5. We've been on a series It's been interrupted a time or two along the way, but this morning we're going to continue. And so if you notice the screen there in front of you, (coughs) Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Lord, would you bless now in our time together this morning. Please guide and direct our words and our thoughts. I'm going to do things a little bit different this morning. Um, My girls were supposed to sing last Sunday morning, but uh, everybody's been coughing and hacking around our house and many of yours as well. And uh, so, and uh, I know our college kids are, some have already headed back. I think Andrew went... uh, last week and josh uh, thompson was at the airport this morning flying back to texas and others and rebecca is head, heads back this week and so i've asked them to sing this morning uh, before i preach um, and uh, because i want to <laughs> so um so i kind of sprung it on them as they walked in and they didn't really have a chance to do a mic check or anything but um i appreciate uh I appreciate our family singing and uh, always have. And so I'm going to pray, give them an opportunity to uh, come out and get a mic. And uh, I want you to pray for the message this morning that God would use it to speak to your heart. And let's pray. Lord, would you help now today again? Realizing, God, that we're not worthy of your help, but, Lord, we are indeed desperate for it. And I pray that you would speak to every heart. And Lord, as we come today, we realize there's a myriad of, of uh, human condition, human hurt. And I pray that you'd meet every need today as only you can. And I pray that uh, you'd be pleased by what's said and done. You'd be honored. And God, that your work and your will would be accomplished in our presence. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you. <clears throat> I appreciate them doing that, uh, kind of last minute. But I'm glad you're here. And uh, 
I was thinking, I was sitting there thinking of other college kids that I know that are gone. Justin's gone and uh, Robert uh, is gone and some we've had a chance to get to see before they leave and others will be leaving in the coming days. So I pray for uh, so many of these young people. Uh, it is great to have them back even though the window is, you know, uh, a small period of time, but uh, glad they're here. We, ha- we have been talking about the fruit of the Spirit for several weeks and uh, we started on this one two weeks ago, and uh, we were <coughs> we were interrupted. And last week we 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 covered uh, the vision for 2020, and that is forward in 2020. And so we talked about that. Um, and the the word that we're looking at this morning is the word faith. And uh, the Bible tells us much about faith. It is one of the things that we struggle with perhaps more than anything, and that is simply trust Him. Songs are written about it. There's as many songs about faith and trusting the Lord as perhaps there are any. It's, it's one of the reasons why I, I often defer to the hymns of the faith, and I, I certainly like music that is uh, written uh, in our, our period of time that we refer to as contemporary not necessarily in its, its style or nature, but the timing of its, its writing. And uh, songs can be great if they were written 200 years ago or two weeks ago. It's not dependent on any measure of time. It'd be foolish to think otherwise. But uh, many, of the, <coughs> many of the old songs will talk about things that are very biblically centered. And that's one of the reasons why I, I often quote and reference uh, hymns. I may do so as well in the message this morning. But God said about faith that you can't please God without it. That's a pretty staggering statement. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he, reward, he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I gave you the illustration two weeks ago of Stuart Adams and Robert McNeil. I said, you all have trusted them for years. If you weren't here, you have no idea who Stuart Adams and Robert McNeil are. Neither did anybody else when I asked the question. But for many, many years, Robert McNeil in 1951 invented something called Tylenol. You've never met him. He's been dead for a number of years, but you trust him and you've never seen him. You wouldn't know him. If, If I flashed his image on the screen, you probably wouldn't recognize it either. But he first developed it, designed it as a with the intent to treat pain relief for children. And millions and millions of people have been trusting Robert McNeil, though they never knew him. Stuart Adams, 10 years later, came up with one to be a pain reliever and an anti-inflammatory called ibuprofen. And you've never met Robert, I don't think you've met Robert McNeil, I shouldn't suppose, but I would imagine you also would not know him. And yet, you trust him. And so by the same token, some people say, how do I trust God? I've never seen him. But can you imagine sticking something in your mouth that you've never met the guy who made it? Some scientist who formulated its design and experimented and experimented and tried and tried and tried. And you think, yeah, that's good for me. I'll go ahead and throw this in my mouth and see if it works and see if I feel better or if I don't wake up. You trust that guy. That's pretty amazing to have So when someone says, I just don't have faith, yeah, you do. In a lot of things, in other people, but God says, you've got to have faith in me. 
And so the first thing that we noticed, and I'm going to hustle through these first couple points, is faith must be in the right person. Stuart Adams and Robert McNeil have done, I think, what is a, a good thing, uh, though, uh, you know, I, I, I don't take a ton of meds, and uh, our, our doctor in Kentucky when we were there, he was the one who initially diagnosed Rebecca with her, with her cancer. He, he found it and told us uh, what he thought it was. But uh, he told me, he said, if they took every drug in the world and threw it in the ocean, the only people that would be affected are the fish. Um, because he was not a guy who gave drugs out liberally. Some people do need to take meds. I understand that, and I'm not picking on that one way or another. I think they are good for some things. I think Stuart Adams and Robert McNeil did a good service. So don't, don't misunderstand me. But in trusting that guy, those men, I've demonstrated, indeed, I do have faith. That's encouraging because God says you don't have to have very much. In fact, he describes the faith of salvation. It's a little child. And you can teach a child, they'll believe anything. That's how much faith it takes to be saved. God says if you have faith, the grain of a mustard seed. Have you ever seen one of those bad boys? Go to the spice aisle sometime. And uh, I don't shop in the spice aisle very often. But go, to the, go there and look at a mustard seed and see how big that thing is. Not very much. God said if you have that much faith that you could say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and God said it'll happen. Now, I don't think anybody's necessarily wanting to go out and, you know, try that on the hill behind us here and say, uh, I'm going to try that. And here's my, because that God does not necessarily work that way. He works according to his will. But God says simply, that's the amount of faith you need. And the first thing that you have to understand is that faith must be in the right person, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. You must trust Him. Then the second thought we know <coughs> is that faith is the only, <coughs> only means of salvation. And uh, forgive me, I've been, I got a little bit of a cough, but I know not like some of you, some of you guys are really uh, roughing through it, and you're here today, and I'm grateful for that. Just don't shake my hand. Um, but uh, faith is the you know, everywhere you go, you see those germ uh, bottles, you know, the antibacterial stuff, and, you know, you can, um, you know, we ought to have two big ones on this time of year. We ought to have them by the back door, and everybody's just kind of lathering up on the way out, you know. Okay, that was a joke. Mild attempt at humor, but stay with me. Faith is the only means of salvation. You're not going to get saved by doing the best you can. You're not going to get saved by getting baptized. You're not going to get, and by the way, we have a number of folks who've been saved recently who need to be baptized. But baptism doesn't finish or complete or add to. It's not a component of salvation. It identifies with the finished work, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what baptism pictures. Several people have joined the church recently. Others probably need to. You don't want a loose connection to that which is God has given us, and that's the local New Testament church. But joining a church doesn't help you to get saved. Faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ is the only thing necessary for salvation. There is no other way. The Bible says it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He hath saved us. And so faith is the only means of salvation. The third thing that we notice, faith is supported by our works, our life evidence, using the simple analogy. The first time you ever popped the Tylenol or an ibuprofen, you said, I believe. You did. You said, I trust, and I'm proving that I trust. Now, you might have taken it with some reservation. You might have taken it with even some doubt. Oh, it says two, but this is a real booger of a pain. And so maybe I'm going to try three or whatever, and I'm not, not telling you to go against the directions. 
but probably some of you have a time or two. Do not exceed X number of pills or tablets. And if you experience this and you're thinking about all the ramifications and you're thinking, gee, I don't know, my headache's not so bad after all. You know, in, in some rare cases, whatever. And you're thinking, could I be that guy? And so you, you stop and you pause and you reflect. But what faith is, is you demonstrate it by what you do, by how you live. If you believe God when he says the tithe is the Lord's, it is holy unto the Lord, wherein will a man rob God? Yea, in tithes and offerings have you robbed me. God said that. If you believe that, you demonstrate that by placing your tithe, your offering in the offering plate because you believe what God said. If you believe um, that you should honor your parents as the Word of God says, then you'll endeavor to do so. By the way, there's no statue of limitations with that. You honor your parents. You say, well, I'm already out of the home. Well, you still honor your parents. God doesn't say when you get to a certain point, certain place, you, you stop doing that. And so God says, you support, you demonstrate your faith, you prove it. If you go to the doctor and the doctor says, hey, you got to do this or you're going to have this problem or you're going to have this effect, you demonstrate your faith in what he says by making the necessary changes to your life. If he says, hey, you need to lose uh, however many pounds and you know, it's the new year, but we were out the, <coughs> at a store recently, and my wife made a, I didn't even think about it, but we walked into the store, and everything uh, exercise and healthy was right at the front of the store. Exercise mats, weights, uh, keto diet books, and, and just one thing after another. I thought, man, I, I wasn't even, my wife said, start a new year. Everybody's got these new resolutions, and, and uh, man, I, I've got them too, you know. I'm going to go to In-N-Out as soon as I can brave the traffic down there. You know, I got, I got to thinking, I flew to Sacramento, and I, I flew to Sacramento, and of course, one of the first things I did was put in the address of the church to see how far, and then the next thing I did was In-N-Out's on the way, and which one would be the, far, the closest from veering off my route, and man, they just popped up all over the place. If you don't like In-N-Out, that's okay. We're going to have an invitation in a moment, and you can get right with God, but so... You guys are a tough crowd this morning. Come on now. And so I, I put it in there, and I, I figured this. I got to in and out I did not wait. I walked in. It was like they were waiting for me. Those red aprons, nice hats, all that stuff. How may I help you? And I look up at that menu board, and I just paused for a moment. I just soaked it all in. I walked around the restaurant. They probably thought I was weird. Yeah, I'm from Portland, just keeping it weird. And so, man... I, you know, I'm just looking at, and some of you have gone down to the, to the ones uh, by Woodburn, you know, down in that, and, and I figured this, I could fly to Sacramento, rent a car, get to in and out before you get through the line. That's amazing. So tomorrow, we're renting a plane, we're all going to hit, no, I'll just say, but, I, so we've got all these different things that we want to do, but we prove what we believe by our life's evidence, by our work. So if the doctor says, hey, you need to change this, you've got to fix this, we'll believe it. When it gets to the point where, you know, maybe he's right. Unfortunately, spiritually, you don't always have the luxury of that opportunity. You don't get saved and make a life change spiritually when you want to. Because the Bible says we don't come to God naturally. The Bible says there's none that seeketh after God. Listen, if you're here today and the Spirit of God is working in your heart, it's because God's working in your heart, not because, hey, I just decided to flip the switch on, I'm going to pay attention to what he says. We We don't have the natural tendency. You know, the songwriter said, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. We don't seek after God. It's not our human nature. 
The Bible says we go astray from the womb speaking lies. That's human nature and human tendency. God in his mercy, when David said, I referenced the verse earlier, but it's amazing to me. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Do you know what that means? That means on this day, January 12, 2020, God said, I'm thinking about you. God who spoke the world into existence, scooped up a clump of dirt, breathed into that clump of dirt and fashioned man, Adam, and that's where it all began. And God said, I care about you and everything that you're facing in life. And so when you feel that drawing and that leading in your heart, oh, I've got to do this, I've got to, I, I was talking to somebody this week and they told me, they said, man, I got to get back in church. That's not you and your natural tendencies. Yeah, I need to get back to church. That is God saying, the clock is ticking, you better move. That's what the Spirit of God does. No man comes to the Father, the Bible says, unless the Son, unless the Spirit is drawing him. Years ago, there was an expression, people would have these bracelets and sign, I found it, referencing salvation. You never found God. He wasn't lost. It's not like, oh, there he is. That's not how how God works. If you are saved, it's because God in his mercy and in his long-suffering and in his infinite compassion drew you to him. It's amazing. Man, I think, you know, at my age, at 57, I think about how many opportunities I, I could have had in life to have left this life, and God in his mercy, one, he's let me live, and two, he let me come to the saving knowledge of him. Wow. All the places I could have been born, all the lives I could have had, all, all the different opportunities and routes and roads that my life could have taken, and God said, no, I'm going to bring you to a place, to a moment in time where you can trust me. And my faith was demonstrated when I said, Lord, I believe. I'm trusting you. So it's supported by our works, our life evidence. Then fourthly, let me say this, faith is unseen, but felt. (coughs) The Bible reads, (coughs) Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know, sometimes in life, you feel like you're driving blindly. Uh, I, was, uh, I was driving back to the airport. Um, I, w- I was staying in uh, Denaire, right outside of Denaire, California. Uh, middle, it should be Denaire, um, but it, it's, I'm sorry, if, if you're from there or you're listening, I, I apologize. But anyway, it's, it's really kind of nowhere. And so I got up at 3 o'clock in the morning to catch a morning flight because I had to drive a couple hours to get to the Sacramento airport. And... Uh, I got on the, the shuttle bus, and this, by the way, I'm chasing a rabbit. I know. Hang on. Uh, remind me where I was, somebody. So I get on the shuttle bus, 5 o'clock in the morning, and I don't really want to talk, right? You know? I mean, I'm not, you know, hey, how are you? Good morning. Are you kidding? I'm sitting here. You know, I got my earbuds in. I'm listening to the Bible. It's the only spiritual thing I was going to do, but I thought I'll put them in there because I just don't feel very spiritual. Don't judge me. You've been there, right? So the guy says, hey, we got a little bit of a drive here. He said, I'm from Puerto Rico. Do you want a Puerto Rican folktale or Disney trivia? And he, one other thing, and I, I can't remember exactly what it was. I said, what? I want peace and goodwill toward men. <laughs> but right now, I'm just not feeling this. It's 5 a.m. How could you be so perky? I didn't say it. I thought it. He said, I said, let's do Disney trivia. And so he started asking all these random Disney trivia questions. I knew a couple of them because we use them in our, in our connection group. We have these uh, trivia quizzes, and I, I throw a Disney one out every week. 
And so I, he said, how do you know those? And so I told him, I said, I'm a Disney master. No, but he said, <coughs> he said, I got the app. No, he said, uh, I said, how do you know all that stuff? And he said that he was an animator uh, for Disney on the side. And so he said, I just, I love Disney and study all, all Disney. And I thought, okay, nice. And I put the earbuds back in anyway. But, you know, as, as, here we are in Denair in the middle of nowhere. And as I was driving, I, I, I was driving along pretty close to the speed, you know, limit, thing, sign, uh, doohickey, you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, you know, I, I've got this Waze app, and it, it'll tell you, please report it up ahead. You know that? Hallelujah for that. And, uh, but, but then it didn't tell me this. I'm driving along. I think the speed limit was 70 on this particular stretch of road. And so I was doing 70-ish. And uh, then all of a sudden, middle of nowhere, thick fog. Let me tell the story. I was there, okay? <laughs> Come on, Lori, help me out. No lights, thick fog. I've been driving along 70-ish, and then all of a sudden, I slowed down to nothing. And I'm just thinking, is there another guy coming behind me? Because you know you hear about those pileups and all those kinds of things? I think, is there another guy behind me, you know, who's not paying attention? And I had to slow down to like 20 miles an hour. You could see nothing like that. And I thought, I know I'm on the road. I can see the reflectors, and, and I see some, so the glare and glow of some lights in the distance. But at this point, I'm driving blind, and I'm trusting. I'm trusting a couple things. Number one, I had my, my earbuds in, and I, every once in a while, as in between the Scripture, there was telling me how many miles up ahead or optional routes, you know, all the different kinds of things they, they say to you as you're driving. And it didn't say anything about the fog. It just said, keep going for the next uh, 52 miles or whatever it was. I don't know. But in a moment, boom, everything changed. You know, sometimes that's what life does. You're just cruising along. Everything is great. And then, wow, you can't see a thing. God said that faith is a substance of things hoped for. But the evidence of things not seen and Sometimes, you know, you know, I knew where I was supposed to be. I knew where I was supposed to go. And I knew what time I needed to be there and all of those things. But I know that sometimes God says, I got other plans. And those plans don't always work great for, what, for you, but they always work great for God. They just don't make sense to us. And so I had to slow down. You know, at that moment, several things happened. One I am super sensitive and super alert to everything. Because God, in his sovereignty, has slowed me down on this road. I, 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 don't, I don't know exactly why, but in that moment, my senses are heightened. My awareness is heightened. And I'm watching for everything. I'm checking my side view mirrors, my rear view mirrors. Are light coming, lights coming up and maybe they're coming up quickly and they haven't paid attention to this fog? You understand what I'm saying? Do you know that sometimes when that happens in life, that's exactly what God is doing? It doesn't always make sense. You know this about fog. It does always lift. Now, there are some times when it sticks around for a long time. Sometimes we feel like we're walking or living in the fog but it always lifts. It's like the passage of Scripture, weeping may endure for a night, and you may think your night is long, but joy always comes in the morning. God said that. 
You say, do you believe it? Yes. Are there times when you've wondered about it? Yes. But that's where faith comes in. I can't see it, and it's not clear, but I know I'm on the right road. And I know I've been listening to this voice that has been telling me where to go, and I, and I want to turn off right now. But God, God told me, I, I'm on the right road, and I, I don't understand this right now, but faith is unseen but felt. And then may I say this further, faith is hope when you see no way. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, <coughs> we may not get farther than this particular point, but the Bible says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And most of us could add, not me, brother, I walk by sight. Now we say we walk by faith, but the truth of the matter is, we are practicing Thomases in almost every avenue of our life. You say, who was Thomas? Thomas was known as the what? You know, it's really a bummer because he had probably one bad day. I mean, Thomas is, Thomas is saying everything you want to say. Jesus is, he's going to conquer death, hell, and the grave. Yeah, I know, I'll believe it when I see it. So in one moment, Thomas says, they all say, he's here. Yeah, I'll believe it. I believe it when I see it. I'm paraphrasing here, but he took the liberty. He said, in fact, in fact, so much so, I'm not even going to believe it unless, and I'm thinking, Thomas, why did you run with that one? <laughs> unless I can put my hand there. <laughs> really? That's the first thing you thought of. Come on, Thomas. Uh, unless I could share a burger. No, that's not what he said. He said, I want to be able to put my hand in the wound. In other words, Thomas is a guy that it's going to take a whole lot from God for him to see any good in what has just happened in the previous days. I'll believe it when I see it. And so when the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight, because faith is hope when you see no way. Now, there have been times in life when I've been driving, and really, you, you, you're at a stop. <coughs> you can't go. I was in Indiana years ago, and I was driving on I-65, and there was, a, there was not just a winter storm warning, there was a blizzard warning. That's worse. Okay. You guys are tough this morning. And uh, I was on the interstate, <coughs> and it got so bad, and, and, and I mean, it was just snowing like like heavy, heavy rates of snow. And I was just north of Lafayette, um, which uh, what mile marker 172. There's a McDonald's and a Chick-fil-A there. Um, how do I know those things? Mile marker 172. You check it out. There is. There's a Gigi's Cupcakes, too, right down the street. Some of you don't have an idea who Gigi's Cupcakes is. Change your life. I don't know why I'm talking so much about food. Maybe because I haven't had Diet Coke in a while. I don't know. But anyway. So there's a, there's a McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, Gigi's Cupcakes. You say, how do you, how do you, well, I travel by that. I always know where those things are. But I, I'm at exit 172, and I, I, I pull off, and there's, the, the place is practically deserted. By the way, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, everything is closed because the storm is so bad. And there's two state troopers in the parking lot. I pull up next to them, a couple of us in the car, and <clears throat> they said, if you're heading south, you better get back on the interstate now or find a place to stay because we are shutting the interstate down from this exit down about 50 miles, and we'll be getting on the interstate right now and shutting off every exit and every on-ramp. I mean, it was, it was almost whiteout. 
So what do you do? Well, you're young and dumb. You figure, I'm going to get in front of these guys because I'm the guy who can make it. And uh, that trip didn't work out entirely well. But nonetheless, that was at a point where I knew I had to stop. And I did. A few miles down the road, I stopped in the ditch. Okay? And that's, that's another story. I'll save it for another time. But God has a way of bringing things into your life. And faith is hope when you see no way. And I don't always have answers for that. I, I wish I did. You know, uh, there's a, in fact, we, we, know, uh, we know the song, I think many of us do, very, very well. Her name was Carolina Berg. Carolina Berg was, in fact, most people called her to be the Fanny Crosby of Sweden. And she was responsible. They said she probably, as much as anybody, was single-handedly responsible for the Scandinavian revival that occurred in the middle part of the 19th century. They went through a period of almost 20 years where thousands and thousands of people were being saved. One of the events that triggered that happened when she was 24 years old. Her father was a pastor, and she had never married. And they were, uh, he was traveling to another meeting across a lake. And she was traveling in the boat with him, just the two of them. And they, it was not a long trip. They were traveling by, by canoe. And as they were going across that lake, a wave hit against the side of that vessel, and it overturned. And her father drowned. Here she is, a young lady, and right in the middle of her life, and by the way, her father serving God, pastoring a church, and then boom, that happens. Right after that, trying to find and make sense of it all, the next song that she wrote became her most famous. Day by day, and with each passing moment, strength I find to face my trials here, trusting in my Father's wise bestowment, I have no cause for worry or for fear. He whose heart is kind beyond all measure gives unto each day what he deems best. Lovingly, it's part of pain and pleasure, mingling toil with peace and rest. You see, sometimes in life, you see no way. Faith says there is. You just can't see it yet. You know, when you were lost before salvation, you didn't even know you were lost. But God in His mercy told you that you were a sinner. You were, someone was going to pay for that sin. And you recognized that Jesus Christ said, I've already paid for that. And on that glorious day, you placed what little faith you had in Him to save you. And on that day, your life was changed. You became a Christian. But the rest of the way, what happens many times in our lives is we leave off trusting and we become practicing Thomases. Do we really believe that God gives unto each day what He deems best? Yes. Do, do we really believe that strength I find to face my trials here because I trust 
in my Father's wise bestowment. I have no cause for worry or for fear. Whatever is going on in your life, in your world, and if you're sitting here today and you're thinking, man, if I were on a boat going through life right now, it'd be smooth sailing. But it won't always be. There will be times in your life where you're in the midst of a terrible tempest, times when you just come out of one. But know this, faith is hope in Him and His Word when you see no way, no way. The disciples were on the midst of that vessel and knew they were going down. They were convinced of it. In a matter of moments, they meet the Savior, you know the story, and they miraculously, the wind stopped, the rains abated, the waves ceased, and they were at the shore. That's how God works. That is faith. Faith is not trusting, listen to me, that everything is going to work out. Faith is confident that no matter how things work out, you're going to be okay. See, sometimes we say, well, I have faith, so this is all going to be good. Faith is, I trust Him, and I'm going to be okay, no matter how things work out. You don't always get every prayer answered. Sometimes you get no's. Sometimes you get later's. But God says, trust me. Because faith, it's hope when you see no way. Shall we stand? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, a simple question this morning. I won't belabor the invitation, but I do want to give you an opportunity. Maybe there's someone here, you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. You must know that faith has to be in the right person. You must know that you must be born again. Is there someone here who would say, Pastor, I'm not sure that I'm a Christian. I'd, I'd love to know that today. Would you lift your hand and I'll pray for you. I won't embarrass you. I mean that. I, won't, I wouldn't call you down at all. Say, pray for me. I, I really want to know for sure that heaven's my home. Is there one like that? Just very, very quickly. Put your hand up. You can put it right back down. Just real quickly. Anybody at all. I was preaching Friday night in, in uh, California and six young people raised their hands and prayed to trust Christ as their Savior. You can be saved in a moment, in an instant. I don't see anybody, but maybe there's someone who didn't raise their hand. I pray that you'd get that settled. Maybe there's someone here today and you'd say, boy, I'm struggling in my faith. I'm, I have a lot of questions. Welcome to life. Doesn't mean to minimize your questions, but it means that, boy, we all get there and you'll get through whatever that is. Because God promises and God promises, God's promises are always true you'll be okay. If God's spoken to your heart this morning and you need to come to the altar, would you do so as the piano plays just very, very quickly? 
give you an opportunity to respond. You say, boy, I, maybe it's finances, maybe it's relationships, maybe it's family, maybe it's sickness, health, loss, whatever it might be. And you say, God has prompted me and I, I really just want to trust him. I, I want to believe him. And God, God showed me that today. And I, I, I really want to speak to the Lord about it. You're welcome to pray there at your seat. else need to come? Hope you mind the Lord today. How many of you know this song? Raise your hands if you know it, because I don't want to sing a solo. Okay, how many of you know it? All right, sing it with me. We'll sing that first verse. Day by day and with each passing moment. Here we go. Day by day and with each passing strength I find to meet my trials here. Trusting in my Father's wise bestowment I've no cause for worry. Think about that. He whose heart is kind. Gives unto each day. What he deems best. Lovingly. It's part of pain and pleasure. Mingling toil with peace thank you again for being here uh, this morning. I want to encourage you, if you're able, to be back tonight. We've been covering David's journey through the Psalms, and tonight we go to a new territory, and this is when he's in the cave and Saul comes in, and his writings about that time. And so the title of the lesson tonight is Mercy for My Enemy. And I hope you'll be here if you're not able to. Uh, we, uh, you're certainly welcome to look online. Uh, those things are always archived, but uh, that'll be tonight at 5 o'clock, and then don't forget, uh, middle of the week, Thursday night, Awana, and uh, unless we get a big snow, which some of you are praying for, um, and what crazy forecast. We're going to get a flurry, we're going to get a foot, and who knows, uh, we probably have no idea. But in the, anyway, Thursday night, and then <clears throat> don't forget uh, Faith Share on Saturday morning, 10 o'clock. Hey, listen, the reason we do that is we want to give folks an opportunity to come out and share the gospel. And so uh, uh, you're going to have two to three weekends every month to do your thing, and I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, but uh, to the first and third weekends, we really try to encourage people to come out and, uh, and share the gospel. So that'll be our faith share. Don't forget, if you're here as a guest, take a moment. Adam, come on up if you would. If you're here as a guest and have filled out the connection card, drop that off at the counter as you leave. If you have any questions about... Uh, the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University class that begins tomorrow night. 
Tomorrow night at 6.30. We've only been announcing it for like three months. Come on. Uh, get signed up for that. And uh, Danny will be at the counter. And if you have any questions about that, uh, he'll be happy to answer them. But we want to have a good turnout for that. If you need child care tomorrow night, make sure you see my wife before you leave so we know who is planning to come and who needs uh, child care so we can plan appropriately. Adam, why don't you dismiss us in prayer, if you would, please. And I want to encourage you to be friendly one toward another. The Bible says a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Thank you for being part of our services today at Timberline. God bless you. Adam, please. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for what we heard this morning about faith. Lord, we thank you for, as Pastor said, seeking out after us and drawing us to you. Lord, we thank you for that and for that faith that you've given us. And Lord, I pray that if there's someone here this morning who's never taken that opportunity and placed their faith in you, Lord, help them not to leave these premises until they talk to one of us and get that settled. Lord, we thank you for it. Thank you for all you've done in our lives. Keep us uh, safe this afternoon and bring us back this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed.